style helps you get up the stairs and down. Truman Capote once said style helps you get up the stairs and down. Okay, hello, hello. Welcome back to You Have to Wear Something. And I'm still Nicole, and I'm still your host. Um, this is the first time I've ever had a hat maker, or also known as a milliner, is that correct? Uh, yeah, or haberdasher, yeah. Haberdasher. Um, why don't you introduce yourself and let us know who you are and what the name of your brand is? Um, hi, everyone who's listening. Uh, I'm Alexander Cooper, and uh, my brand is uh, eponymous. I, uh, I operate it under Alexander Cooper Bespoke Hats. Um, Okay, so um, tell me about how you got started and how old the brand is. How did all this begin? Well, um, I got started in 2013, I guess you could say. Okay. Um, it really didn't take off like on Instagram until about 2014 and like on Etsy and, and whatnot. Um, and I'd kind of worked to build my skills first uh, before I uh, really kind of like said oh yeah this is a brand and you know it was, it was a hobby thing um, but it started actually before that insofar as like my interest in hats um, so I had bought a hat some years before I think somewhere around like 2011 or 12 and it was a custom-made hat it was the first one I'd ever had I didn't know there were still hat makers and um, so you know, I got this hat, and uh, it immediately sparked my interest, and yeah, it just grew. Yeah, I think that was the first uh, profession of uh, Chanel, was being a hat maker. She made hats first, and then it led to her whole line, um, and uh, I think it kind of came back. I think the whole idea, right, of custom came back, yeah. right? This is something that was very old that's now, you know very new yeah it's weird to think um because like i mean yeah it's it's an it's an ancient profession almost um i mean making hats out of fur is more of a like 18th 19th century i think i don't i don't know how far it goes back i do know um a lot about hats from the 20th century and the 21st but um I don't know how far its roots are, but it, it goes back a ways. So. Yeah, it reminds me a little bit of like being a cobbler, where it's like such yeah. a specialized art to it yeah. um, and skill. So you just have to be like really skilled. You either have it or you don't, like being a mechanic. So where did you learn the skill? Are you self-taught or did you... You're, you're pretty much self-taught? Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Okay. Yeah, I would never um, self-teach myself to make anything but I'm a person that pays a tailor to put a button on so mm. I'm like more of putting together like a mise-en-scene like mm -hmm. I'm not really the person constructing things so um that's that's really amazing and um you know did you make them for yourself first and then people saw them and was like hey I like to like buy that or do you sell them yeah. were you getting approached or you were just kind of having fun making them for yourself I wanted to make them actually my original goal and still is um when i have like a hat shop you know one day um you will yeah you're gonna have a hat <laughs> shop um my original goal was to try and get into hollywood with them um, okay you know because I, I i'm an actor as well and blah 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 not important but um 
you know, I wanted to Everyone here is multi-passionate and is, there's no <laughs> wrong answer. There's nothing wrong with that. You have to juggle these days. So triple threat is more like quadruple threat threat now. Um, so Hollywood first was the yeah. focus. Yeah, that was, that was it. And then um, I made him for my dad, made him for myself. Oh, cool. Um, you know, goofed around with like minor hat work for my friends and took on a couple of like a um, couple of commissions here and there. Uh, initially, I didn't have a lot set up because right? I didn't have a shop when I was working out of my house. I still work out of my house. Um, but I didn't have any of the connections that I do now of like materials where to get the proper hat for, you know, um, hat felt and uh, all the accoutrement and all that. So like um, it just was... I don't know. It was it was it was slow, but people really wanted hats because of uh, Nick Fakay, which you know, as you know, and uh, also. Um, and why do you think? Let's talk about just the Nick Fouquet phenomenon. I always feel like, you know, is not like more or less, you know, other hat makers, you know, versus him. But how did he kind of make a name for himself? Why do you think that there is this kind of wave? of okay I would like a custom hat is it because he had celebrity endorsement you think that's the main reason um or he modeled or his dad modeled or whatever the story is like what do you think kind of made people think of you know what I need to get you know a Nick Fouquet hat like why would anyone care all of a sudden about a custom hat right no that's that's the wild thing and um actually I had I had bought one from him in my in my uh, in my kind of genesis of this all um, as my second custom hat. My first custom hat actually I bought from a, a cowboy hatter up in Montana. Okay. Um, but you know the the bug bit me, and so I was looking for more. And so I ended up hearing about this guy um, through this standard hat shop down in um, down on Main Street in Santa Monica. Okay. Um, there was like a standard, like he sold, you know, Stetsons and all the big oh, okay. name brands and whatnot. Got it. Um, and so he told me about this guy down in Venice. He's like, yeah, you got to see this guy down in Venice. He makes these custom hats, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, great. So I went on this, you know, great hunt. And initially um, they had their shop set up down in a parking garage um, okay. on Abbott Kinney. And that was my first time to have it, Kenny. And, That's you know. the first time I ever saw it, too. Right, yeah. yeah. And, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I, I think it was about, because Abby Kenny has the traffic, I think he, watching him make the hat, mm. like it's a show as well, and I think retail and fashion as a whole is like you go into a shop and here we sell all these widgets, will you please buy my widget? Mm-hmm. And people want more now, they want engagement they want a show they want to be wow they want to be a part of it and you know he like watching him make it maybe gave tourists and people who were on Abbott Kinney something to put on their Instagram story or do you know what I mean yeah, by that no, it's, it's no. that's how it was but what's wild is that nobody seems to know or remembers anymore is that he wasn't he wasn't the original he and I'm about to out a lot of his his uh, you, you know, can say whatever you want. But yeah, you can um, curse on my my <laughs> show. You can say bullshit. You can say fuck. <laughs> they said that really intelligent people say fuck all the time. Oh man. Um. So you can say whatever you want because I don't own any Nick Fouquet and I don't know him personally. Right. So um, I just think that 
what I will say is, you know, there's room for everyone. Right. And um, everyone is adding their own special zhuzh or whatever to their gift and their talent. And, you know, it's not a Highlander situation, which a lot of people think that, like, in fashion, it's like, it's either Fendi or Louie. And it's like, there are millions of people making beautiful things that you probably have never heard of. Oh, yeah. No, you I know. Find these brands all the so time. you go ahead and you can say whatever you want. Well, let me tell that's a story. My, that's my preference well, is that you say whatever you want. Yeah. No filter. No, that's all good. Um, but yeah, let me tell you a story. So Nick Fouquet wasn't the first. Um, he wasn't the original hat maker in Venice. There was a gentleman uh, by the name of Gregory Westbrook. Shout out to Gregory. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. <laughs> um, oh, R.I.P. No. Yeah, okay, go he, on. He passed away. Um, and he was making hats a long time before Nick ever even thought about them. Um, and interestingly enough, if you, if you know, all you viewers out there, if you uh, or listeners out there, um, if you if you search up his name, Gregory Westbrook, uh, simple name to spell, and you look up his hats, even on Instagram you'll see the massive amount of influence uh, and draw um, for Nick Fouquet. You'll see that, I mean, even some of Nick's early stuff was very much uh, exact replicas of Greg's because Nick trained under Greg. And the interesting thing about Nick is that he would go around LA looking for, once he kind of got the hat bug, he would go around looking for people who would hire him initially he wanted to go with gunner fox gunner fox mm-hmm. was one of the first um like really like kind of like rock and roll hat makers especially here in la and he's he's been doing it long before because um his grandfather i believe and his father were both hat makers so he's he's probably one of the best out there like period okay his standard is so high and so you know nick goes up there and and talks to him and um you know word is that gunner kind of saw right through him and was like no you know i won't you know i won't you're we're not gonna do this um so nick hunted and you know this is this is the story passed down through the ages but you know i can at least verify uh that he did travel around until he finally met greg and greg took him on as an apprentice now the thing with Greg and him was that they had a very volatile relationship. They didn't like get along all that well, and they fought a lot um, because Nick's work wasn't very good uh, initially, you know. And uh, going back to what I was saying, um, I do have a filter only because I don't want to, I don't want to directly like bash anyone. But I think this is super important to tell the truth because a lot of people don't know this about you know this industry and how catty it is and all of this, you know other bullshit so anyway um they were always point of contention at some point um greg like split up from nick and then uh he went off for a while he's originally from colorado he came back um at least that's what i heard and then they fought and somehow uh rumor has it that nick because uh you know he he had a good deal of money um because you know he's he's a model and into fashion and his dad is bernard fouquet um if you all have ever seen the tommy hilfiger ads he's like the dad of the hilfiger family also he's, a model mm-hmm, he's so, also a model he had those fashion industry connects what we'll we'll get yeah we'll get oh, to ahead. later 
but um yeah so he finally you know uh like greg kind of like disappeared um and i never got to meet him which is the sad part because i wanted a hat from greg not initially nick they okay. listed they used to list two phone numbers on the fence of their little like shop in uh in the car garage and I just so happened to get through to Nick, but not Greg. So it was, it was purely by luck, not that I absolutely needed a Nick for K-Hat. I had no idea who he was. So, um, you know, I wanted to meet Greg because I had found out and actually remembering had seen him walking up and down Abbot Kinney later on, but never met him. Um, but anyway, you know, um, I had met him and kind of like saw all the things that were you know, being said later about, um, him and, and when Greg had left, I think that was about the time that I had met Nick. So he'd gone back to Colorado, wanted nothing to do with anything of it, started making his hats again back there while Nick had apparently gotten all the funds together to buy all of Greg's equipment. And so he was, ah. yeah, he was still operating in the car garage. So, um, you know, time goes past he gets enough money and enough experience, um, you know, various partners, and then he gets on Abikini, like, actually gets that little house. Which is, I mean, a feat in itself. You can get on Abikini sometimes, even if you're selling, like, you could sell fucking straws right. on Abikini just because they have the traffic, and, mm-hmm. and the traffic is wealthy, mm-hmm. and it's from all over the world. And, I mean, I worked on Abikini for four years, and then, again, I did a project last summer on Abikini, and it's just like, you know... I mean, between a Saudi summer, I mean, just a little yeah. bit of everything. You, it's, it's crazy exposure. Yeah, it is. And what's wild is that even back then when he had first gotten into the house, because I was, you know, I was following, I was following his every move because I was really interested in the hats. And, you know, um, I even had aspirations to try and learn from him, which was silly now that I look back at it because his work wasn't anywhere near Greg's but you know I was hungry so but even back then it was a lot more of a quiet street than it is now or even was like two three years ago um so like a lot more corporate now used to be a little bit more like locals and creatives and things like that yeah and and then I heard it was just going way back it was sketchy and tons of you know gang and gunfire so you know you know how gentrification goes Mm -hmm. you know first the artists come and then everybody else comes (laughs) Um, We know how that goes, and um, usually it's not an integration. Usually it's a displacement. Right. So, um, and you're you're still out there, right? And Venice is Venice, like you consider that your hood, or it's not. No. Okay. Yeah, I mean I've worked there, and that's always been like kind of the spot I've worked. Um, Because of like there's a place called Stag down there, you know. Yeah. 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 I worked there, and that was pretty much it. And then I floated back and forth between. You know other places and Abikini, you know how it has that draw it mm-hmm. bites mm-hmm. you definitely has a vibe i mean the beach helps and then it's like you know it doesn't have you know like beverly hills obviously has that wealthy vibe but it it feels conservative yeah. and so i think what people like about venice is it it has um a hippie elitist yeah uh vibe yeah. <laughs> because you know you have to be wealthy to live out there and you know to afford that level of acupuncture and alternative mm-hmm. health you gotta be paid wellness. for that wellness yeah, yeah that level of self-care costs so yeah, um yeah so coming full circle to you and um where this is going what makes like an alexander cooper hat unique like what is about your hats that is 
so different from everyone else? Well, um, it's for me, it's it's my knowledge of the history of hats, at least in the golden year of hat making. I'm all about that. Yeah, I'm all about history and uh, all about. I love to know where shit comes from, and yeah, I thank you too. for going over like a couple of those like landmark, you know happenings in the history of hats because specifically here in LA yeah you know um well I, I'm gonna I'm gonna get back to that too yeah yeah a lot more but um to answer your question uh yeah it's not only that but because I wanted to break into Hollywood with the hats at least somehow I did a lot of research on how aging was to be done because Nick again the driving force in the hat game for a long time uh, was burning his stuff or still is I guess I don't even know if he has from what I hear he doesn't even have a hand in the hats anymore and why would um, you burn it distress it oh know? so the it burning looks is distressed yeah so the point is you want to have a distressed looking hat like along that the brim or yeah, the okay. whole thing I mean like um Initially, burning is is one of the ways you can get to uh, achieve a smooth finish. So, oh, okay. He he probably learned from Greg that and might have accidentally gone too far or taken a look at it because I've you know I burn a hat, taken a look at it and was like, oh man, this is like you know what Gunner Fox does because Gunner Fox ages his stuff, but he has his own proprietary technique. I don't know how he does it. Don't want to know. That's not my business. Right. But that's a Nick thing. Yeah. And so Nick was like, oh, I got to do these distressed hats and so he wanted to get that to the mass market i feel but um you know it's the easiest way it's 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 like it's it's the easiest but it's also like the cheapest it's like would you burn a pair of jeans and call it distress no you wouldn't like who who got their jeans in the fire you have to fade them right so yeah. i thought from that same kind of principle i was like okay well i'm gonna age these the proper way as if you you know you've sweated in it you've like gotten it greasy dirty whatever if it's a cowboy hat you've gotten trail dust on it whatever um and so and I, what's the proper way well i can't give that away but i do it oh the that's Hollywood proprietary way. yeah that's Both proprietary you, as everyone well. has their secrets okay you don't have to reveal your secrets but um it kind of reminds me a little bit like I don't know if you ever heard of Raquel Allegra, but mm. she started her business with um, T-shirts from prison inmates. Mm. And then it was like the leftover T-shirts. So they had been working out and sweating in mm. them. Gross. <laughs> Gross, but like clean, yeah. dead stock from prison mm. inmates. And, and essentially the used T-shirts that were left over was this super soft cotton. Mm -hmm. So, of course, they're going to give prison inmates, like, the roughest, worst, you know, mm -hmm. batch of fabric. But over time, it's warm the salt, mm -hmm. sweat, um, fights, maybe some rips, some tears. Um, she bought all of that, and people loved it, and she distressed them more, and people started buying them. That's how she started her business. So, like... Um, I understand what you mean by that when you say like warning, sweating, working, mm -hmm. trail, dust, mm -hmm. things like that. Yeah. Okay, so you are not taking shortcuts. No. You are more of a purist. Yeah. I, I spend time with each hat. Um, I used to age uh, these goggles for like steampunk stuff when I was into steampunk shit. And a lot of that is like rust and all of that. So I learned a lot of techniques and started kind of applying that to the hats. I wanted it to look realistic. I didn't want it to be just, you know, it, it's it's good enough for camera, as it were, or good mm -hmm. enough for theater if, if it was, like, distressed from a distance. I wanted you to look at it and think, oh, this could be a hat that's, like, 50 years old. You don't know. Um, it's got the sweat stains. It's got the dirt and all that. So I worked hard 
to try and perfect that again with the goal of like you know Hollywood hats and so that's one of the things that really makes it different um, is that I don't I don't burn them to distress them I actually tell a story with each one as if I'm like painting the hat um, you know I don't use paint but you know distressing it in such a way that I feel like the person would have worn it I try and get to know the person before I make the hat at least try and get some like key personality traits so I know how they would handle it you know where the dirt would be if they were if they take care of it or you know they're really rough with it um you know do you make hats for just men do you make them for women are they considered unisex they're considered unisex yeah okay because I saw some pink yeah on there and I mean you know I mean men wear pink obviously real real men wear pink um but it's still considered sometimes like a chick color and uh it's one of my favorite colors and so um would you ever like separate the lines and like make a line of like ultra feminine like vacant hats for chicks and or like make a line or would you like to keep the line fluid yeah I like to keep it fluid um because my focus is mostly like you know vintage style pieces or like really modern pieces rarely a a mix in between I I like to be able to just take what comes and I don't want to I don't want to say that you know only do this or only do that um, because each piece is bespoke it's whatever the client wants so um, if I were to do a line maybe you know um, do something that's do something that caters towards a specific group and then maybe has a specific look but um that's that's when i have a shop or at least a production going um but yeah i mean it it really depends because i i don't consider myself um super astute in like women's design or feminine design um, Mm -hmm. because i've never really focused on that so i don't i don't know what that draw is quite um except for what i know my um female clients like or those with more feminine taste, um, and I go from there. Do, um, have you ever seen Janessa Leone's hats? She's mm-hmm. got a store in the platform in Culver City, mm-hmm. um, and they were sold on Abbott Kinney for a short while too. Um, and she specifically makes women's hats, so mm-hmm. I see women walking around with like those little, her little bags all mm-hmm. the time. So I was wondering if you looked at her um, work because she's obviously created like a little niche for herself too. Um, I feel like the hat thing just all of a sudden, like in the in the 90s, which I was alive in, in fashion in the 90s, like no one gave a shit about wearing a hat. Yeah. <laughs> like, this was not a part of the outfit. This mm-hmm. was not a part of your decisions yeah. or it wasn't part of shopping when you went out with your girlfriend. So I love that people are thinking of, you know, what sock am I wearing? Which hat am I wearing? You know, the whole, you know, every specific part of the wardrobe and outfit. Um So, okay, so it's pretty fluid at the moment. So what should someone be paying for something like this? Like, like properly, like just to be like fair and, and direct, like you should spend what Mm. on an amazing hat? I mean, from you, of course. Yeah, from me. Um, Mm. you know, depending on the material, I charge between five to eight currently, uh, Mm a hundred, you know, um, there's a lot of folks who charge less or charge more um celebrities they charge up where upwards of like a thousand to two thousand per hat um, okay you know i know that uh gladys uh 
Tames, I believe, or Tames. I don't know how to say her name. I mm-hmm. apologize. Gladys. Who is Gladys? Um, she's this. She makes uh, the hats for Lady Gaga, Beyonce. You okay. Know, she's a celebrity hat maker, but oh, she's fun. like lower key because she actually, you know, she she does her thing and has been doing her thing. So she doesn't need to like grab for the fame. She just you know yeah she's about the craft and right. her, yeah, her art and the work yeah product. and she has a, the clientele so she doesn't have to like go overboard on right. social media or advertising yeah. she has more about quality versus quantity yeah. um okay gladys i'm gonna have to go i love all this education this is all shit you didn't know before just be honest <laughs> be honest you're learning on you have to wear something yeah. because you have to wear something on your head sometimes maybe yeah. you're bald maybe <laughs> yeah maybe you know. yeah maybe that's just next step that's how you deal with you know male pattern baldness yeah, maybe. or maybe you're cold today the temperature in LA got down to about 40 so I'm freezing even though I'm from Chicago um, there's a beautiful moon in Virgo out there right now so after this it's I'm gonna go home and be a uh, hippie elitist hippie dippy <laughs> and um, set a fucking intention yeah. <laughs> with that beautiful moon um, in, a, in a hot shower yeah exactly exactly um, now what since we're learning like are there what are the hat styles what are the names like what is the name of this like i understand like bowler news cap like when someone like a stetson is at a cowboy hat like what are the categories like what do you when you're looking for something you want to just look cool and you're trying to wear like you know like a hat that pharrell will wear whatever like what what is that hat called or like the for instance the um formation hats mm-hmm. right like what's what is that style called um well most most right now uh that have been popularized by uh, you know nick fouquet with his ubiquitous uh hats everywhere it's, it's just the fedora crown at least it's a fedora everyone okay. now thinks of the fedora as that thing that you buy in the mall or target you know that looks like hell. oh at the gas station and yeah so... uh, those are horrible don't wear those <laughs> everyone please do not wear those <laughs> I mean, I would never advocate advocate for a wool hat, but at least wear a wool hat instead of those little things that you buy at the mall. I and call hate for doors. those. They're terrible. I do They're hate uh, those. technically those are trilbies too, because those are like small fedoras there's there's a difference but i won't go into that okay so most of the time when people are wearing a, a hat they're wearing a fedora a fedora is this oh, a fedora that you have on yeah i have a fedora it's um it's it's a c or a teardrop c crown sometimes you call it because it, if it's pointed here you can see. i see uh, sorry listeners you can't I know. see but yeah well this will turn into a show one day so right. then, you, then you can do your thing yeah but um fedoras yeah are the main style um something that's really popular i think uh, came out of like Austin or 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 somewhere um, is an old hat style that uh, LBJ used to wear. The president. It's called the Open Road, and that's originally by Stetson. It's got the typical cowboy hat crown, which the top of the hat has the three dents. Um, you know, if you see a cowboy wearing a hat, it it looks like that. Oh, okay. Um, but it has a shorter brim, a fedora brim that can snap up or down, and so most people wear it like dished up. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's a good casual hat because it's a it's got the cowboy origins. It's it's like more rugged than say a fedora, which is a city hat. Um, some folks like to wear like open crown bowlers if they have that like throwback seventy style. Yeah, bowler so. is so hard, you know. Um, and then what is that hat that um, the um, God, what band is he in? I think he wears like a top hat, mm. and he's a guitarist. 
Slash? Slash, yeah. yeah. What hat does Slash wear? Is that a top hat? Mm-hmm. That's a leather top hat. The uh, first one, apparently, he stole from some shop in Hollywood or on Sunset. Um, and then he threw Don't that steal. Yeah, pay, don't pay, steal. Pay these people for their work. But, don't do uh, that. Yeah, he, he got a, another one remade. I don't know who makes his hats, but um, yeah, it's a top hat. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Top hats are coming back. It, it's like a, it's it's a wilder thing. It's like a What's dandy. What's not thing, coming back? Everything right. comes back. Everything comes Everything back. Everything comes back. Nothing goes away. Keep all your stuff. Keep all your parents' stuff. Like Definitely. just hold on to it, unless it's just ruined or gross or plastic or what have you. Even like, if it's ruined, I mean. I mean, <laughs> I mean. Jeans let me say, I actually have a hat. It's not a great hat. It's from French Connection, but it was given to me as a uh, gift. I see you yeah, it's not good. But um, it's. Uh, been rained on mm. and now it's got this wavy the brim is all wavy and it looks totally it's not stiff anymore yeah. so I just never wear it so is, is it garbage should I donate it I mean it depends um, you could give it to uh, a gent like me yeah right 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 we <laughs> can I'll talk about that we can talk but about that after the it show it might or might not be um, yeah it, what do you do to like fix a hat like that's been you know obviously these hats are their wool what else are they made of i mean yeah tell us how to take care of it how about that yeah um quality felt hats traditionally are made of like rabbit fur beaver fur uh sometimes you get fancy with nutria which is like a, a large rodent or um Ooh. chinchilla yeah oh i mean it's like it's like you know size of a cat type of thing oh that's um, not a rodent if it's that big that's a pet yeah they're actually they're they're ugly enough to be cute Uh, I thought that chinchilla was like banned by fashion or like there was no more chinchilla you had to get it if you didn't get in the 80s during the dynasty era you can't get a chinchilla type deal yeah I I don't know about the the laws of chinchilla because that's that's a little outside of my realm of like getting a hold of but Mm -hmm. I know since uh, Stetson and the bigger companies they'll be able to get a hold of some of that fur and I I hope that they shear it um, rather than they kill the animal for it but hard to know I uh, can't speak on that. You don't have to really kill animals to get their fur, do you? No, you just shave it. You just shave it. Like, come yeah. on. It's like, I don't know why that was ever a thing to just kill them. That was just bizarre. And then they keep growing more fur. So yeah. then it was like weird that you're kind of killing your asset. But yeah. anyway, that, that's a whole other show. The, yeah. the fur show. Yeah. I still wear fur. I'm not unapologetic about it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, wool. You can make them out of Mostly wool. wool. They're made of wool, right? Uh, a lot of like lower end hats are, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wool doesn't make a very good hat. I mean, it, it, it makes a fine whatever hat, but it's just, they just don't look good after time. Right, right. Probably is what I got. Yeah, it's lost really, shape real quick. Yeah, it lost the shape. Now it doesn't look cute anymore. Um, and then this whole thing where, like, the fedoras and the cowboy hats got kind of cool and, like, like, the hip-hop community started wearing them, things like that. They got kind of, like, a douchey vibe, let's be honest. Yeah. What what do you have to say about that? It goes back to those mall fedoras. Just don't wear them. Just don't <laughs> wear them. Buy a real hat. Buy something that is, you know, I mean, if you're going to spend $200, $300, $1,000 on jeans and shoes, like, and, you know, Christian Louboutin shoes. Whatever, like sneakers, yeah. Like, Yeezys, you're gonna drop, whatever. Yeah, right. You're going to drop a K on some shoes. Like, why not spend five to $800 on a hat? I right. mean, yeah, shoes you wear all the time, but... If it's shoes like that, you're probably not. I hope you're not. But, you know, a nice hat goes a lot further than, you know, something that's going to lose shape and 
you know, maybe a year and it looks like hell, eh, just don't do that. Buy something of quality because then, then you'll have it and, you know, even if it quote unquote goes out of style, it's a custom piece. So it's, it's kind of hard to just say, oh, that, you know, that goes out of style. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's, it's a, it's a piece that you invested in. So. You know, investment shop i always right. love that word Shopping, i always talk yeah. about that no fast fashion you know i mean i know it always seems snobby but i mean the fact of the matter is the fast fashion ends up in the landfill right yeah and so it's not really that snobby if you're holding on to it forever it's snobby to buy a shirt wear three times and throw it in the garbage yeah that's snobby but anyway that's neither here nor there yeah um but investment shop um get a hat that looks you know don't just follow trends like i would say get a hat too that like fits your head fits your face mm-hmm. you know you have to spend time trying it on i have a very awkward face and large pumpkin head so sometimes yeah, it's hard no. hard for hats to fit on my head but um why don't you let the listeners know where to get one of your hats and what does that mean do they consult with you if they want a mm-hmm. custom hat do you have samples that people can try on how would they go about it obviously let's start with the instagram that's sure. that's where I yeah. I follow you. Yeah. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, the Instagram is uh, Alexander Cooper Black. Um, it's all one word. You'll see a little logo that's uh, an A with a crown over it. That's my Instagram. Um, basically, you reach out through uh, DM or send me an email, um, which you can find on the page there too. And I don't really have very many samples because it's bespoke. You know, I make it from scratch for you. Um, but I'll be able to consult and, you know, best guide you on what kind of hat would look best. Like, not everyone should wear a huge brim. Not everyone should wear a tall uh, crown, tall hat. You know, it's it's completely suited to your face, your shoulders. I mean, a lot of stuff comes into play. It's like mm. wearing a pair of glasses. Yeah. You don't choose. Not everyone can wear. It's so personal. Yeah, exactly. Um, so a good hat maker will take all that into account. Um, and you know, when you come to me, come with a few ideas. Say, hey, you know, I saw this hat on, you know, whoever. Um, I saw LeBron wearing a hat. I saw. You know, um, Chris Stapleton. I don't know some some celebrities. Um, I love this. <laughs> the hat people on we really Depp. care about, celebs. Right. Yeah. yeah, the people I want to look like her. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, I saw Beyonce with this amazing hat. You know, etc. And um, you know, come with ideas. Know what looks good on you. That's the most important part. Be honest with yourself. Know what looks good on you, and say, you know, I look good in these colors. Um, maybe it's only two or three, but mm-hmm. um, blue is always a safe one. Black's always a safe one surprisingly uh like tan and and like the lighter colors are also safe um you know come with colors come with a style and you know be prepared to invest because a lot of work goes into the hat um and a lot of like love and blood sweat and tears i take a lot of consideration and and a lot of other hat makers do too um into what they're making for you and what we're making for you we're not just arbitrarily popping this thing out we just you know stick it in a in an oven bake it and out comes your hat um there's a lot of handwork that goes into it from start to finish um even if a you know a larger factory makes it so come with all of that intent and you know we'll communicate throughout the process it's completely collaborative some folks more than others are less but i um always speak to the person try to get to know them like i said and um you know, uh, create the hat for them that they will want to wear and continually 
want to wear, something that they'll look at if it's sitting around the house and, and will want to build an outfit around that. Yeah, you could decorate it. Like I, I put stuff like necklaces I'm not wearing and hats I'm not wearing. I put them on the wall in my bedroom when I'm not wearing them. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can even like decorate your, your space with it. Um, and I guess my last question to you is because I have a girlfriend. She, um, hi, Linda, and she collects uh, so many. She has so many hats. She's like a woman from the fifties, oh, nice. but not really. She's really modern. Um, do you need hat? Do you need to keep them in boxes, like a hat box? Uh, depends. So if you live in a very dry climate, it's okay. And it also depends on what condition you want to keep your hats in. If you want to keep them mint all the time, yes, absolutely. Okay. If you're someone like me who has a bunch floating around at any given time and just grabs them and, and goes, then no, not necessarily. Um, hat boxes are best for protecting against uh, UV fading. Moths, most importantly, moths will destroy a hat. And... Um, also, just from like dust and whatnot, if you don't want your hat to look dirty. Cause, what about uh, the shape? The shape, uh, you should always, help? yeah, it, it does sort of. Um, you should always store a hat. If it's like a fedora or a cowboy hat, you should always store it upside down with the, uh, you know, the interior facing up because that helps the brim keep its shape. If you set it on uh, the ground, it'll slowly flatten out. Um, oh, I know what you're doing. How do you pack a hat when you go out of town? Lord Jesus. That's hard. Um, if it's should a, you just wear it? or You should. You should wear it. If you absolutely have to pack it, the best way is to put it in the center of like a suitcase and pack a bunch of clothes. Make a little like hole in the middle like you would like your, your mashed potatoes for some gravy. <laughs> Stick the hat in there like that. And then try and put something in the hat, um, like a shirt, a rolled up shirt or something soft. And don't pack it too tight because you'll squish it. But yeah, pack everything and then build a layer on top of that. Um, just a light layer and it should be okay. A total pain. Yeah. yeah then put all your shit on top of it and then yeah. sit, sit on top of your rollie and then barely oh, zip it. Yeah. Smush it like a, <laughs> like a, like a fucking burrito. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just like... Just wear just the hat. Just, wear just look cool. It. Honestly, you'll look cool in the airport if you just wear it. Don't try to... Try to pack it because I, I I had this idea that I was gonna pack a hat and go to all these places, go to New York, go to Chicago, and anyway, it really did not work. I ended up wearing it, so yeah. and that's how it got wet. But it was worth it. I looked cool in the airport. Yeah, there you go. Um, thank you so much for yeah. your time and Any your time. expertise. And I thank knew you, you were talented when I met you. Yeah, and I know you probably know how to make other things as well. We, I went. I've never oh. had a hat show. It's the very <laughs> first one on a full moon. So this is a, a special moment. And as I always say, you have to wear something on your head. Until next time, folks, peace.